When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast on the Odyssey Network. I am Brian Rennick. I am joined by the inimitable Al Sacco. Zane, Zane is interviewing some folks right now. He is not available uh, today. It seems like we're allergic to a three-man show, uh, but we're not. We'll get there eventually, I promise. We've got some, we've got some fun stuff planned for when all three of us are available. Uh, but today... It's Thursday. We're recording this Thursday, June 1st. Uh, we are officially in June, the worst month in the NFL calendar. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll find some things to talk about. Uh, Al, let's uh, let's dive into some OTA stuff. Uh, I know that I know that uh, prior to prior to starting here, uh, we learned that things aren't going well for you. But outside of that, <laughs> outside of those things, how are things? <laughs> yeah, we've been hit with some some. Uh expenses at home which happens to any homeowner but it seems like when one thing happens a million things do so it's been better on this end but listen we're here to talk some niners so it's all good before we start with otas brian i gotta go on a little bit of a rant here and you know i don't like to get into like social media too much and read whatever i I use it for information and i like i like to post stuff but i really don't spend a lot of time reading what people say because it can get kind of crazy but Definitely. maybe I, I have done it in the past few days. And what I'm seeing a lot of is, and I get that it's June. I get that there's not a lot to talk about. But people really trying to find faults with Brock Purdy. Oh, is he a dink and dunker? Does he have a strong enough arm? And then I saw something today where, well, you know, he didn't play well in the first half against Seattle in the playoffs. And, and, and then he only scored 19 points against the Cowboys. I have so much to say to that. First and foremost, the 49ers have not had quarterback play like him and put up points the way that he has since Steve Young. And the dude's a rookie. I don't care if he's a first-round rookie or a seventh-round rookie or a second-round rookie or a four. I don't care. He's a rookie. For any rookie to come in and do that, it is impressive. Jack Hammer put up a stat today from PFF. Patrick Mahomes had 70 attempts of 20-plus yards. And he, and he did that on 748 total attempts, which was 9.4% of his attempts. Brock Purdy had 27 attempts of 20-plus yards and 233 attempts. That's 11.6%. Both of them, both of them had four TDs on throws of 20-plus yards. But we're saying he's a dink and dunker. He's not checking down. 
he's playing within the offense. He's not Alex Smith of 2010. He is playing within the offense, and he's a good intermediate thrower. And for the playoffs, holy shit, why are we moving the goalposts for this? Let's let's talk about the playoffs with Brock Purdy. Let's let's talk about the playoffs with Brock Purdy versus a Dak Prescott or a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Kirk Cousins. Let, let's, yeah. let's talk about this. So Brock Purdy's playoff games, he started out the Seattle game, a rookie in his first playoff game. He didn't have a great first half. He was 9-19. Looked a little shaky. The Niners were behind going into the second half. He finished the game 18 of 30 with three touchdown passes, no interceptions, in a 131.5 rating. Oh, by the way, the Niners put up 41 points. Broke 30-plus points again. And as a rookie, if you have a bad first half and you bounce back like that, that's more impressive to me than playing great for four quarters. Because you came out and you sucked and you, you made an adjustment and you came out and you played better. Now, in terms of the Dallas game, he only scored 19 points. Okay, one, if you watch that game, Dallas's front front kicked the Niners' ass for three yeah. quarters. Owned absolutely the kicked the Niners' ass. Purdy's running around. And did he have some shaky throws? Sure, absolutely. But sometimes being a quarterback, it's like being a pitcher when you don't have your best stuff. You play within the game. You just get your outs. That's what Purdy did. He played within the game. He made throws when he had to. He made two big throws on third and short to seal the game. And you look at Purdy. Okay. He had a t- he had a tough game against a really good defense. What what did Dak Prescott do, Brian, against the 49ers the last two seasons? How did Aaron Rodgers do? Ten points in the division game. How did Matthew Stafford do? Only put up twenty in the NFC Championship game. How did Jalen Hurts do? Do for one hundred twenty one yards in the NFC Championship game. When good quarterbacks play great defenses, they're in, especially in the playoffs, they're not going to have these great stats. Unless you're the Mahomes and Allen and Burrow, and there's only four or five of those guys. yeah. So it's not going to happen any other way. And what do we want to compare it to? Well, let's compare it to the other bullshit we've seen in the playoffs. I'm just going to read you some stats for the last <laughs> 2019, 11 for 19, 58% completion, 131 yards, one TD, one interception, six for eight for 75 yards, 77 yards, 20 for 31 for 219, one TD and two touchdowns. Let's fast forward to 2021. Against Dallas, 16 for 25, 172 in one interception. 11 for 19, 131 from one interception. 16 for 30, 232, two TDs and one interception. That's the garbage that we saw from Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs. So we're gonna we're gonna knock Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy for going two and zero in his starts and going 37 of 59. For 546 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, with a rating of over 109. We're going to nitpick that as a rookie. What are we doing? What are we doing? Enjoy what you saw. See what happens this offseason. The Niners love him. Why can't he get better? Why? Rookies get better in a good system like that. What he? It was a flash in the pan. I don't see it that way. I see it that he's a smart kid. So he's a system quarterback. So what if he plays the next 10 years in Kyle Shanahan's system with Kyle Shanahan? Who gives a shit? Who cares? He's not going to go on a run and shoot offense. He's not going to go somewhere they bomb the ball every play. He's going to play within this Niner system. So if he's good at it, great. Stop moving the goalposts. Stop trying to nitpick what he has in this guy's game, what he has in his game. Is Trey Lance more physically gifted? Sure. Did people not get it right in the draft? Sure. So people thought Jamarcus Russell was going to be great in the draft because the pundits didn't think Purdy was going to be. It matters. 
like, give me a break, man. I'm so sick of it. I know people are looking for clicks and things to talk about. They want people to pay attention to them. And it's June. I got to engage people with content. It's bullshit. He did a good job. The future's bright. Let's see what happens. Yeah, here's the thing. It's it's too many people being love with, in love with the idea that they would rather be right about their take than the 49ers have a sustained success at the, at the quarterback position. Right. And we talked about it the last time, I I think the last episode that I was on, we talked about how, or, or at least tried to surmise why are people, why are people doing this? Like, why are people talking about this in, in, in this way? And, and largely, like you said, it, it has to be, there's not a whole lot else to talk about, but I also think that there is this contingent of 49er fans, but football fans in general that think that unless you have Patrick Mahomes on your team, then, then you don't have a franchise quarterback, right? If you don't have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, then you don't have a franchise quarterback. And I mean, like I said, you cannot argue with what Brock Purdy did last season. Now, some of the some of the things that I've seen are things like Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy had the highest percentage of throws to open targets of any any quarterbacks in the NFL last season, which again points to the system, right? Which is Kyle are, Shanahan's are they, system. But are they not going to throw it to the open guy because it's there? You know right. what, what kind of argument is that? <laughs> like, and, and that's the other thing is, well, yeah, they they did do that. But, but that's the system. The system does that. So you can't fault the player for playing in the system, right? Right. Nobody's trying to say that Brock Purdy, if you drop him on any other team, is going to be a franchise quarterback. But he doesn't need to be a franchise quarterback for other teams. He needs to be a franchise quarterback for this team. And if he is, and he can play within Kyle Shanahan's system, then... Th- that will be the system that he plays in until Kyle Shanahan either decides not to coach the 49ers anymore or something changes, right? So like you said, it doesn't matter if he's a system quarterback if the system proves to be successful. Does Trey Lance possess physical gifts that Brock Purdy does not? Absolutely. Mm. But the one thing that I don't think you can quantify and the one thing that Brock Purdy showed last season that I think is imperative for any quarterback in the NFL is unflappability, right? And you even touched on it. You even touched on it in the Seattle game. Yeah, He came out and he didn't play well in the first half. And for many young quarterbacks, that's the end of the game, right? They're not recovering from that. But he came out in the second half and absolutely lit the world on fire. Good for him. Right. And then you talk about the Dallas game. That's the best defense that he faced all season. And he came out victorious. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, did he score only 19 points? Yeah. But the Dallas defense was top five in, in DVOA. They're arguably more talented top to bottom on that side of the ball than the 49ers are, especially this season. And so if he has to play that defense again, <clears throat> is he going to put up 30 plus points? Doubtful. Do many teams put up 30 plus points in the Cowboys? No. So again, are we saying that he didn't play well because he didn't score 30 plus points? 
where like i i don't i don't understand the logic there right but the reality is this i don't care who ends up coming out of this quarterback competition whether it be trey lance whether it be brock purdy whether it be sam darnold i do not care the only thing i care about is that the 49ers offense operates at its highest potential and we have consistency at that position moving forward. I'm so tired of every off season for the last, what, three off seasons trying to figure out like, Hey, what's the quarterback situation going to look like in San Francisco? Like I'm tired of it. Mm-hmm. I just want whoever, whoever emerges, I want them to be the guy. And so that next season, I don't have to, I don't have to spend an off season going, well, I wonder who it's going to be. Right. Is it, mm-hmm. is it going to be Brock Purdy? Quite possibly. Did he earn the right to either show that that wasn't a fluke or to at least lose the position based on poor play? Absolutely. Because he did it for eight games, right? Yeah. Did Trey Lance lose his job to injury? Yes. Is that fair? No. But Talk to Drew Bledsoe. It doesn't matter. You know? Right. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Do I think Trey Lance deserves an opportunity to show what he can do? Absolutely. Do I think he's going to get that in San Francisco? I don't. I don't. Do I think that ultimately he's going to be a better quarterback than Brock Purdy? I think there is a a possibility, but I can't sit here and be like, yeah, he's going to be. He just needs a shot. No, he does need a shot, but it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. What matters is, is the offense successful with the quarterback under center? And right. Brock Purdy proved that he can lead this offense to heights we haven't seen in a long time. Give him more opportunities to show that either A, that was a fluke, or B, we're cooking with gas and 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 we got our questions answered and we can move forward. Because here's the other thing. This team is in a better position if it is Brock Purdy than if it is Trey Lance, simply because Brock Purdy has, yeah, three years left on a contract where he's making less than a million dollars a year. The biggest advantage you can have in the NFL. Javon Hargrave, sorry, Javon Hargrave is on this team because the quarterback room is making a what, like $15 million, $16 million total, all three of them, Right. right? That is why Javon Hargrave is on this team. That is why you can pay Fred Warner what you pay him and George Kittle and Trent Williams and Nick Bosa, what he's going to get broken off something fierce this offseason. Ridiculous. So it doesn't matter, but we've got to stop trying to just nitpick and tear these players down and just let them go out and play because you've got to let go of your love for your own take and the, and the desire to be right. And just, have a desire for the San Francisco 49ers to be successful. That's where I found myself. And it it's, it's just a, it's just a happier place to be, right? I don't care. I'm not going to make definitive statements about Trey Lance or Brock Purdy because it doesn't matter. I don't need to be right. What I need is my team to be good. And one of those three guys is going to be the reason why they are. And I'm a okay with whoever it is. It doesn't and, matter to me. And I always think of 2021, it was just, it was such a toxic season fan base wise because it was Jimmy versus Trey and people, Jimmy shouldn't be here. And it did feel like certain people were almost angry if 
Jimmy won. And it just, it just got weird. Everything got weird with it. And I, you know, I don't want to go through that again. It's, it's not fun. It's not fun as a fan. It's not fun as someone who covers the team. It's, it's not fun. You know, you just want to root, root for the team. So we don't want to go through that again. It, it seems like we're headed that way, unfortunately, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens again. I just, I just think the whole, we live, we live in a world right now where we have people, a lot of people who do content and even some people who don't do content, try to do content. And then you have even people on big networks are trying to upstage other people on big networks. It's just that kind of medium right now because everything is, is at the touch of a button. Everything's in your face. People have it's to have a, a hotter take than the next person. And it's, it, it never ends. And it's unfortunate. It, it really is. There's a lot of people who do a lot of great things out there, but sometimes it's just, it's a little bit crazy, but I did want to, as we move on, Brian, I did want to look at two, well, we got to talk about OTAs. We, we said we're going to talk yeah. about OTAs. Here, let me say this about OTAs. Everybody looks good at OTAs. And as much as I look forward, I really do look forward to seeing like the completions and, and, and who did what. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. OTAs don't matter. So Lance was took the first team reps in the when last week or whatever it was. Sam Darnold did this week. It'll flip-flop until Purdy gets back. They checked down. There were... There were this completion percentage. There were this many drops. It's all bullshit. It all doesn't matter that much. Talk to you when you get to training camp, but I guess for now it's what we have, so it's fun. Yeah, I think to me the the interesting things to come out of OTAs are less about like, oh, what player looks good? Because, again, every player looks good playing against Everybody him. looks good. But more about like what are the coaches saying? You know, who mm-hmm. who, you know, what position coaches or coordinators or whatever are saying. And there were a couple things that I that I found interesting uh, in terms of newsworthy items, right? So Chris Forster, the uh, offensive line coach, and Brian Schneider, the special teams coordinator, both had media availability yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the thing that uh, Forster touched on that I thought was most interesting was essentially already coming out and saying that Spencer Burford and Colton McKibbitts are the starters moving forward and there's no competition yes. in camp that is going to, to, to push them for, for playing time. So essentially so pushes Feliciano kind of out of it right now. Right. Which is interesting. Their full, their full confidence. Yeah. yeah. And that that's interesting to me because I don't think Feliciano signed a deal thinking I'm not even going to have an opportunity to compete. And maybe mm-hmm. he did. I don't know. It did come later in, in free agency. So maybe he didn't have a lot of suitors, but Feliciano is, is a, is a decorated player, uh, at least in terms of starts in this league on the interior and Burford rotated series with Daniel Brunskill last year. And Colton McKivitz has started five games in the NFL. And for Furster to come out and say, both of these guys are our unquestioned starters. I, that's newsworthy to me because it the way that he made it sound was this is you know in, in, unless they absolutely just fall flat on their face there's not a whole lot that anybody else can do to yeah. to get those jobs so that was interesting to me I think I think they're trying to lean more into continuity than anything which is important along the offensive line right you're returning four of the five starters from last year. You've got continuity at center, right? You've got Brendel on a three-year deal. You, you're not thinking, you know, well, this is our center this year. Who's it going to be next year, right? You've got mm-hmm. some consistency there. And then you've got 
uh, Trent Williams, obviously the picture of consistency on the left. Uh, Aaron Banks uh, proved himself last year. I think Locked his in. game is just going to get better. And then Burford, hey, like good for the kid, right? I'm thrilled for him, but just interesting that he doesn't have anything to prove, which seems odd to me. Mm-hmm. Again, because he it wasn't like he was the starter. He was he was rotating series with Daniel Brunskill. Yeah. And then towards the end of the season, <clears throat> it was Brunskill more than it was Burford. I think if Kyle wants to do that again, he will. Maybe that's why Feliciano's there. If Kyle's like, this isn't working or you're not being consistent, I think Kyle would do that again in a heartbeat, whether he replaces him or, or does the back and forth. Yeah, I I, I would agree. Um, I, I hope it does. I hope it's not the back and forth, though, because that's... Yeah, I didn't like it. That's That's a weird... I mean, again, if you're trying to develop this player, why are you... Why are you taking reps away from them? Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, the the McKibbitts thing as well. They, they believe in Colton McKibbitts. There's, they do. I know lots of fans don't, but everything that that team has said since Mike McGlinchey signed that deal tells you mm-hmm. that they believe in Colton McKibbitts. And like we said before, to the point where they explored possibly trading McGlinchey last year before the season started because they had that much faith in McKibbitts. So. As as fans, what do we have to do? We've got to ride along with them, right? Because it seems like that is that's the five. That's the five we've got. There aren't questions about who the five are going to be. Those are our five, which is nice. Again, I just talked about I don't want to go into a season wondering who our quarterback is. It's also nice not to go into a season wondering who the, the offensive line will be. Like, who right. will the center be? Who Who's going to be our two guards, right? We got it set in stone. And the other thing that I thought was interesting was uh, Brian Schneider's availability. And obviously for a team that drafted a kicker in the third round, that's largely going to be yeah. most of the questions that, that he's going to get. And I really, really liked how, how in depth Schneider went into explaining the process behind the 49ers ending up with Jake Moody. And the interesting thing was, they tried out, uh, according to Schneider, um, they tried out 27 kickers leading into the draft. They have, or sorry, they evaluated 27 kickers leading into the draft. So it wasn't like they just looked at the top two or three because of where they were picking and said, we got to figure out between these. They did their homework. They did 27. Yeah. They evaluated 27 kickers uh, before they landed on Moody. And the thing that I thought was most interesting was Schneider talked about the moment that he was sold on Moody and it was at a private workout where he wanted, he wanted to see how Moody would react to adversity. And so in this private workout, he brought in two long snappers that were like, I think he said third and fourth string on Michigan's team, right? They weren't even Mm -hmm. the, the, the traditional long snapper. Uh, He allowed Moody's holder at Michigan to be there but the snappers were, were not who he was used to. And uh, he just went through this workout and the snaps were awful, but Moody never once let any frustration or, or anything show, right? He was, his demeanor never changed. His face never changed. Um, He said, it was a really frustrating workout from his point of view. I absolutely loved it because at the very end, we backed up to a 55 yard bad snap. And so he missed it. And he thought that was the last kick. And again, I'm just looking at him and he's still stone faced, really cool disposition. So I go, okay, we have a last second field goal. You have 12 seconds. I'm going to count it down. 
This is against Ohio State to win it. So they're on the sidelines. They all run out. The worst snap of the day. It bounced twice, way inside. I mean, the holder barely got it down. And Moody, just like I've seen on tape, so consistent with his approach and finish and trust, smoked it. And so, again, I think I, I think as frustrated as people are that they spent a third-round pick on this guy, I think you're going to find that that ultimately it's going to work out for them. Brian Schneider loves the kid. He's he's sold on him. He's he's coached a lot of special teams. Um, And, you know, he said it was after that workout. uh, He said, so right there, all those questions you have about how does a guy respond to adversity? It just naturally happened at the workout. And I was the only one there. So I was fired up. And he said that he relayed the information to Kyle and John and said, I don't care where you pick them. I just, this is the guy that I want. And so that's, that's how they ended up with Moody. And so, like I said, I, I had no problem with the pick when they made it. I still don't have any problem with the pick because ultimately as much as people hate kickers and, and feel like you're wasting assets on them more often than not, your kicker is going to be the difference between winning and losing multiple games in a, in a single season. And yeah. you might as well get the guy that you think is best for the job. And they went and got him. And and you don't care about your kicker until they have Brett, Brett Maher moments, right? When you're exactly. like, oh my God, is this guy even going to make an extra point? And was the third round too high to pick him? He wouldn't have made it past there because the Patriots probably right. would have picked him. And the right. Niners needed a kicker. They didn't address it in free agent. Listen, Zane Nockby has as much chance to be the kicker as Zane Gonzalez does. Unless Moody gets hurt, or we love Zane, but Zane's not going to be the 49ers kicker this year. It doesn't matter. I think the competition's comical. It's not. Unless yeah. Moody just has some kind of brain lock or gets hurt, he's the guy. So the Niners jump to get him. I think it's fine. Is he going to be Justin Tucker? Probably not. There's only one Justin Tucker. Is he going to be Adam Benatari? Probably not. He, he's the most clutch kicker ever. Those are the two guys that are sort of, you know, above everybody else in recent memory anyway. Certainly. So, but can he be a guy that can be on the, can he be Robbie Gold? Because Robbie Gold was really clutch for this team. If he's Robbie Gold for the next five or six years, it's a great pick. It's a great pick. 100%. If he's 100%. in the playoffs and he's making clutch kicks and you throw him out there at 45, it's a 23 to 20 game and you need this kick and you feel confident in him. It's a good pick. I don't, I didn't, I thought the Wisnowski pick was kind of stupid, a punter, whatever. But a good kicker, if you think this guy can be a 10 year kicker, I don't have an issue with him. We have three. Yeah, when you have three third round picks and you use one of them on him, whatever, whatever. And in that draft, it's not like it was a super deep draft where they pass on guys that are going to come in and start. It's I have I don't have I said it then. I don't have an issue with it then. I wasn't surprised that they did it. When you really think about how the Niners value positions, it's fine. I think he's going to be fine for them. I think he's going to be a good player. I think a year from, we don't talk about Wishnowski getting picked in the fourth round anymore. Nobody gives it. Nobody cares. Yeah, and it'll be the same thing with Moody. Nobody's going to care. So it's it's a competition. It's something to talk about, but it doesn't matter. Just hope he lives up to to the to the draft position, and and he's a good kicker for them for the next ten years. So well, and and ultimately, you've got a kicker for the next four years making about a million dollars a year, where you were paying Robbie Gold north of five million dollars a year. So again, great point. Cost saving right there. Get a Matt yeah. Gay or whatever his name is and, right. and pay him five whatever five million right. or whatever. You have a guy who could be just as good and, and like you said, you're paying a million bucks. Yeah. So it's it could end up being a very smart pick for them. So I was listening to um the athletic football show, one of my favorites with Robert Mays, Nate Tice, they had Mina Kimes on, and they were looking at uh just asking each other questions. And and one of the questions was deepest roster in the NFL. 
-hmm. And what I thought was interesting was they all three thought about three different teams before ultimately landing on the one that they decided. But all three of them, those three teams were all NFC teams, which is interesting because the conversation this season is about how lopsided the AFC and NFC are when it comes to quarterback talent, right? Very little quarterback talent in the NFC, Very loads little. of quarterback talent in the AFC. But when it comes to rosters, again, they picked the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the 49ers, all three mm -hmm. NFC teams. Top three. I think it's and, undeniable. Yeah, and, and it has a lot to do with roster construction and and not paying now Dallas is a little different story because Dallas is paying Dak but the 49ers and the Eagles both aren't paying very much money to their quarterback room right now now this that year. will change that will change in a few years with with Jalen Hurts yeah Hurts right? has the contract not this year but but it's and it's not even next year or the year after I think it's year well maybe it is year three but still um you know and so we want to talk about the the quarterback landscape in the NFC, and it's almost like it's almost <laughs> it's almost comical to be perfectly honest. It, it really is, and, and I thought about doing this, and we can't do the AFC because you're just going to have the same like seven guys, six guys, sure. right? Mahomes, yeah. Allen, Burrow, Rodgers is over there now. Right, you throw Trevor Lawrence in there, Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So let's let's look at the, the conference the Niners are in. Yes, and see where they are. So I wrote down a few categories. I wrote down elite good purgatory backup level we'll see now i was thinking of fucked category we'll put that in there i like it all right i'm just gonna I go down know who's in that last quarter i already know who's in that last category i don't know if i know actually i don't even know if i know who's in there yet but let's see where we are with this so all right we'll start i guess from nfc east down i'm just looking at pro football reference the teams yes and i guess brian i guess i'll let you tell me and then i'll react so jalen hurts elite Agree. And I think he, any doubts for that, I think he proved it in the Super Bowl. When I thought, other than the fumble, I thought he was unbelievable. If they win that game, you're talking about one of the, the all-time QB performances, putting the team on back. I really thought he was that good. And the arrows pointed up with the loaded roster. And I, I too, I definitely think he's in the conversation for elite right now. I agree. Especially in regards to the NFC, right? I think yeah. If if you're comparing him to everybody else in the NFC, I think he's head and shoulders above anybody else in the NFC. There's argument right. for the next guy. But I, I know. We'll, see, yeah. I don't really you think for you know, I think I'm gonna say Dak, right? Well, we're just going through the NFC East. Yeah. Yeah. So Dak Prescott, I don't I have a lot of I like Dak. This is where I thought the Brock Purdy thing that I was talking about earlier was interesting. Prescott makes all this money. I don't think there's any doubt he's a very good starting quarterback at the nfl but he's had two sure. really bad playoff games against the niners it was awesome against the bucks mm -hmm. purdy outplayed him in that game yeah so i think with prescott i don't think he's purgatory because i think eventually he can get over that hump i i believe that he can but he's had some shaky moments i would put him in the good category yeah and that's what i was going to say i i think i i think there's one quarterback in the nfc that you can put in the elite category, and that is Jalen Hurts. So, spoiler alert, we're going to go through the rest of them. You won't hear me put anybody else in the elite category because I just don't think there is, not mm -hmm. in the NFC. Yeah. Um, the other thing that you got to think about with Dak is 
Mike McCarthy is calling plays in, in Dallas now. Mm-hmm. I I don't know about you. I don't feel great about that. If I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm like, uh, yeah, that's a, a downgrade. Scary. That's a, a downgrade. Scary. Not that I, not that I think Kellen Moore is, is incredible, but I think he's better than Mike McCarthy and maybe McCarthy surprises us. But if you look back at, you know, the way that his tenure ended in green Bay, it was ugly and we'll see, we'll see now, but, but yeah, I would say, so Hertz elite Dak. Good. Yeah. Good. Here's an interesting one. Daniel Jones. So what, so give me our categories one more time. It's elite. Good. (laughs) Elite. Good. Purgatory. Backup level. We'll see. And fucked. I'm going to go with we'll see. Right. So I don't think it's purgatory because they can get out of that deal relatively easily. I think it's only a two year deal. They gave him a lot of money, but it's, it's, it's just for two years. So that doesn't, to me, that's not purgatory. And so it's, we'll see, right. Was he successful in, in Brian Dable's system last year? Absolutely. Was he successful with his arm? Not as much, right. He's largely successful because of his legs. Yeah. So that's where the we'll see comes in. Is his, is, is the passing game going to develop? They've gotten him some pass catchers now. So we'll see. And we know that Dable can scheme up an offense. And so, you know, he's got that going for him, but he, they're still, despite getting paid, he, I still think he has something to prove. I think that's, that's a smart place to put him. Washington, who I don't know what the hell they're doing, because I don't think they have a bad team, but they're going into the season with Jacoby Brissett and Sam Howell. Sam Howell, yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, again, is it purgatory? Not so much because, at any point they could change, right? They can, they can Mm -hmm. make a, they can make a change. Do I think it was ridiculous that they didn't pursue Lamar Jackson? A hundred percent. Oh my God. Perfect team to go get him. And not only that, but you steal him from Baltimore, right? You're, (laughs) you steal him from the road, basically. That, that, you know, that, that outdraws you already. And so it's like, why is that not, you know, why is that not to, and uh, there's, I think there's a lot more to it than, than anything, but, uh, it's got to be we'll see, mainly because of Sam Howell. I don't think J- Jacoby Persett, I mean, he's a professional, right? He's backup level, if you will. That would be whoever wins that job uh, is largely backup level for almost any other team in the NFL. Yeah. And so yeah. that's where I feel like we'll probably end up. But uh, but I, I do think that Howell has some intriguing traits. Um, and so I'll be interested to see if he ends up being the guy. Uh, that they that they go with or if Brissett wins just because he's a steady vet yeah that I think that's a good point so you either have the will see if Howell is the guy or Brissett you know is a backup level but it's really yeah. weird what they're doing there all yeah. right um this next one I think is the definition of QB purgatory but uh Minnesota Kirk Cousins yeah well but here's why it's not purgatory because this is the last year of his deal do they have anyone to replace him no but they're not they're not having to pay him boatloads of money. Now, are they incurring dead cap next year? Uh-huh. Yep. Cause they, you know, they've they've played they played around with this deal. But I I Kirk Cousins is good. I I'm he gets a lot of shit and and for mm-hmm. some of it he he deserves it. You know, he does shrink, it seems at times, especially on on the biggest stage. And so he's got to figure out a way to to get over that. But outside of that, he's a good quarterback. And in the right system, he can be a great quarterback. But 
I just I I can't get over his his spotlight issues, if you will. And so I'm going to go with good, same level as Dak. I think that's very similar, right? They can have stretches of incredible play and then mm-hmm. also make some just incredibly boneheaded plays. And you're like, what the hell are you doing? So I, I would say I would say good for for Kirk Cousins or Minnesota, if you will. So, so far, he's the definition of purgatory for me because he's good enough where you're going to be good enough where you're never going to move on, but you're also gonna, never going to win anything. So to me, and like you said, it's his last year, but if you're looking for QB purgatory, he's he's the face of that for me. And maybe one of these other guys we're going to talk about soon. But this next one is interesting because he's gone to a Super Bowl and he's proven if he has the right cast around him that he can win. So is Jared Goff good? <sighs> Jared Goff is good. Yes, he is good. He is. But to me, he's like the bottom. He's like he just entered good, right? Like. He could fall out of good at any moment, but, (laughs) and here's the other thing is Ben Johnson is probably going to leave Detroit after this year. Yeah. Is Jared Goff going to be like you? Yeah. Is he, is he going to perform as he did under Ben Johnson with a new play caller? I have no idea. Uh, But we also know that there was a team that had no problem eating a boatload of money to move him because his former coach was like, I just can't do it with him anymore. So is he good in, in relation to NFC quarterbacks? Yes, he is good. Uh, but in relation to NFL quarterbacks, I mean, he is, he is bottom 15 for me. Jordan love for green Bay. Not a lot to talk about. We have no idea. I mean, he's, we'll see all day. We'll right? see yeah. <laughs> definition. I mean, of we'll even, see. No, no idea. Yeah. Um, Justin Fields. Still a we'll see for me. Um, I agree. I want to see him with uh, the upgraded offensive line that they have now. It seems like he's going to have more protection. He's got more pass catchers now. He's got DJ Moore there. Uh, He's got uh, just some more weapons. And so I need to see what what the passing game looks like with him because we haven't really seen that. We know that he's a dynamic athlete. We know that he can run. We know that his legs can affect a game uh, on his own but we need to see him play from the pocket. Not that, not that he has to stay in the pocket, but we just don't know what he looks like from the pocket because he's largely not had any pockets because that offensive line has been atrocious. Yeah. So what does he look like with better protection and weapons? We don't know, so we have to see. I, I believe in him. I think, I think we're going to see him take a jump this year. Uh, again, you know, DJ Moore is one of the better wide receivers. He's underrated, mm-hmm. in my opinion, one of the better wide receivers in the NFL uh, and just been incredibly consistent in Carolina with largely dog shit quarterbacks throwing him the ball. So, you know. Yeah, full season of be... Claypool, Cole Komet, yeah. Darnell Moody. Yep. He's got some guys there yeah. now. 100%. So we'll, we'll and see. they've got – and they've and they've upgraded the running game as well. So Yeah, yeah. So this is a big yeah. year for him. Yep. Tampa – I have Tampa – I have Baker Mayfield – Kyle Trask. That's the, I, I that's the team that there. I thought of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's the time. That's the team I immediately okay. thought of for that. Uh, great. Yeah, I think that's where they are. <laughs> Carolina again, an obvious. We'll see. We'll see. We have yep. no idea what the rookie. Yep. I think I think Derek Carr is again. He's that other purgatory poster boy to me. You're just you're never moving on. You're paying him a shit ton of money, and you're never winning anything. Yeah, I mean, again, in relation to the NFC, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFC, but that doesn't mean that you're in a position to do well or to win 
or you know or to, to win playoff games at the very least i think they can mm-hmm. win games um but they can win yeah, yeah I, I think they win 10 11 games next year yeah i just don't i don't think, I think he's leading them against, to the super bowl yeah i think they go against the niners or the or the eagles maybe even the cowboys and they get trounced but i agree um, other than that yeah um He's, he's, he's fine, but you're never going to get over that. Atlanta's another huge we'll see. Nobody knows. Desmond Ritter. No clue. No clue. All right. Now it gets to the NFC West. This will be fun. Let's start. Where do I want to start with the NFC West, Brian? Let's start with Seattle. Because <laughs> this is a weird one. It is a weird one. Uh, it's not purgatory, right? Uh, but they, they gave Gino a fair amount of money, but they can get out of it really easily, right? This is essentially what they gave Geno Smith was essentially a one year thank you deal and a one year prove it deal, right? Like, they're kind of saying we'll see, right? A hundred percent. They're saying yeah. we'll see. Now, the fact that they didn't take a quarterback in this draft in the position that they were in tells me that I think they believe in him more than we think they might, mm-hmm. right? Because they were in prime position to move up and and get a quarterback if that's what they felt like they wanted to do. So either A, they didn't like any of the quarterbacks, uh, or or B, they they believe in 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 Geno Smith. And I mean he had a great season. He, he his season w- was elite in the first half. He started to trail off a little bit. And then, you know, obviously they lost to the 49ers three times. But Again, just like Jared Goff, I'm going to put him in, in like low end good category based off his season last year. It's almost, I, I would almost yeah. rather put him in the wheel C because I think he needs to show it again, even, even as impressive as last season was. Yeah, it was kind of a one year wonder. I think I would agree with that and put him in the wheel C. Kyler Murray. We'll see. He has to recover from that ACL injury first. Yeah. And then what does that offense look like? You know, he he's going from a guy that, that passed up Nick Bosa to draft him as his play caller. And now he has, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what is in Arizona. I have but, no but idea. It, but a defensive minded head coach. We know that. And a, and a defensive minded head coach. Yeah. I, I think, I think Kyler Murray is going to be on a different team in 2024 is really Great. what I think. I, I think me in the FC. I think they're going to I think they're going to be atrocious this year. I think they're going to end up the 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 draft capital that they left this draft with for next year puts them in the bird dog seat for Caleb Williams out of USC. And I think ultimately that's what's going to happen. I think Caleb mm-hmm. Williams ends up in Arizona. Even if they don't have the number 1 pick, I think they could trade into the number 1 pick cuz they've got a ton of ammunition to do so. And Kyler goes elsewhere. I, I totally agree somewhere with that. else. Yep. Now, now the Rams with Stafford, he's getting towards the end. We don't know how healthy he's going to be. We don't mm-hmm. know what the team around him is going to look like. But you cannot tell me that Stafford is not at least a good quarterback. The guy won a Super Bowl. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. I'm not going to. I'm yeah. not going to call him a elite, but a healthy Matt Stafford is is a very very good quarterback. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. So, and then in right. San Francisco, so, you have Kyle Shanahan. Right. So Kyle, Shan- <laughs> Kyle but I think we put him in the will see. So I guess the purpose of this w- was here. So where do the, where could the 49ers quarterbacks rank? They're not odds are they're not Jalen hurts. Right. No. But the only quarterbacks we really think are good or even close to good are Dak Goff, cousin Stafford and Carr. Mm-hmm. 
in none of those Stafford, we've seen him win a Super Bowl. If he's got people around him, I think he can scratch that elite. So I don't think he's elite, but if he scratches the surface. Yeah. Um, Dak, maybe, is he going to take the next step? I, I think he's capable of that. Cousins and Goff need things perfect around them, need good players around them. And Carr is sort of the same way. So there's not anybody really other than Hurts that will step on that field and beat you by himself. Agreed. Does that make sense? Agreed. So the Niners, even with the will see, they're in a very mediocre conference, conference. quarterback-wise. Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. With the uncertainty that this team has had at quarterback, this is the year to have it with mm-hmm. the NFC in such shambles when it comes to quarterback play yeah. that as a, as a, as a team, right. Two through 53, you could say the 49ers have the best, if not one of the best rosters in the NFL, it's the big question mark at, at one, right. Which is quarterback that mm-hmm. has people questioning their Super Bowl uh, credentials, but there's, I mean, again, you look at the teams in the NFC and barring injury, right? And and it's always barring injury. The only team that you could say, well, I think they're better is the Eagles because of the quarterback that they have. Mm -hmm. I don't even think you can say that about Dallas. I think you could say they're even, right? With the defensive talent that they have, the 49ers have more talent on offense. I'll be interested to see what Dallas's offense looks like Tony Pollard as the lead back and what Tony Pollard yeah. looks like coming back from that He's injury. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think Dallas is better than the 49ers, even with Dak, but I do think the Eagles are better just because they have Jalen hurts. All right. We got some good shows coming up. We got some guests on the docket. We're just trying to work out schedules with we're excited about um, smash that like button, subscribe, give us a rating. If you enjoy the show, we appreciate you guys for Brian. I'm out. Later. Nine is on three. One, two, three. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 